As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros. Hello and welcome to Prospects to Pros, sponsored by Vesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. I am your host, Nate Tice. Today, we have a great show, talking some offensive line, the big the big winners, the big bucks, the prize. This is exactly what we need to talk about, especially at this time. And we have a great guest for us, but to start, going with my usual co-host, the real breadwinner, Dane Brugler. How are you doing today, Dane? I'm good. Yeah, I'm excited for this conversation. I mean, there's nobody that's more respected when it comes to offensive line talk uh, than Brandon Thorne. Uh, this is uh, prospects, NFL players. Um, yeah, we have a lot to get into, so this will be a fun conversation. Yeah, this is the the ace of this t- type of discussion, and that's why we want to bring him in. So I'm so glad he's on the show. Just like you alluded to, Dane, we have Brandon Thorne on. Uh, he is a great offensive line mind. No one watches more offensive line than Brandon, and here he is. How you doing today, Brandon? Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I'm like I'm like honestly fired up that you're here today. <laughs> yeah, I'm fired up to be here, guys. I, I mean, I listen to all the shows. I respect what you guys do, and. Um, you know, just be, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of your guys' work as well. So it's it's awesome to finally get here and talk shop. And Nate, I feel like so many of your takes, like I feel like because we're like the same age, I guess we're all kind of similar ages, but yeah. like so many of your random takes and random pulls of the past I get. And it's just like, it's it's, it's awesome. All right. Uh, <laughs> we've been told that we have a, a lot of baseball references from like 1995 to 2009, 2010. We're really, we're, we got that section. That's a sweet spot right there. A little sweet spot of baseball yeah. references. So I appreciate that, Brandon. And me and Brandon worked together at, uh, at Bleacher Report. I was covering the offensive skill guys and he was doing offensive line. And it's always just fun to pick Brandon's brain because we'd have those meetings and then I'd get to hear. I was, it, that was the first time I heard about Iki Aquanu was Brandon <laughs> discussing him in September and he had talked to Dane about him. And I was like, oh, okay, right. I got to keep my eyes on this guy from NC State. So I fired up that Brandon's here, but uh, I know Dane, you're, you're real. I always want to say chomping at the bit, but it's champing at the bit, isn't it? Champing at the bit to, to get after this. So let's get it going, Dane. All right, well, there's only one place to start, and that's Olu Fashnu, Penn State left tackle. Um, we could probably rename this podcast the Olu Fan Club. I, I know all three of us are uh, pretty high on the player. Uh, so first, Brandon, if you could tell us just you know your baseline thoughts on him, but then also help put into context just how good he is. You know, I think everyone at this point knows who uh, Olu is. They know he's a potential top 10 pick, probable top 10 pick. But just help us put in the context uh, just how good he is. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. I go back over the last like four years that I've been doing this for Bleach Report, you know, watching all the offensive linemen in the, in the draft. And he's right there with Panay Sewell for being like the most impressive prospect that I've seen. And there's some interesting parallels there as well, because I think the first time we saw both of them, they were, you know, 19 years old. Um, you know, Panay might have been younger as well, but like just right away, just a real special, special natural feel for the position. And I think Panay's, you know, translated more so in the run game, whereas Olu's is in pass protection. 
Um, and uh, he just has an innate feel in pass protection with footwork, with, you know, the angles that he's taking, um, you know, his natural ability to anchor and just like the raw strength that he has. Uh, he can recover out of compromising positions really well um, the, the few times that he gets in those. Um, just a really good athlete, uh, you know. So just I think the pass protection skills at such a young age, you know, 19 last year, um, you know, I think he's 20 right now and, you know, still around 15 starts or so, something like that, you know, over under a few um, there. But like, you know, pretty inexperienced, but the refinement that I think he has, uh, his feet, you know, just just a lot of stuff in pass protection, man. It just it's it's special, I think. Um, and then, you know, he checks all the boxes physically in terms of like height, weight, frame, build, length, you know, just all that. So and then all the off the field stuff is like, you know, glowing A plus type stuff as well. So it's like, you know, pretty, pretty easy to fall in love with him. Um, there's some run blocking things that I think are still, uh, you know, getting ironed out um, in terms of fits and sustaining and, you know, not like the most overwhelming physical presence in the run game, but, you know, I think he's, he's good there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of difficult to poke a lot of holes into his game, I think. I, that's kind of that's kind of where I was at, and I was even watching him this summer. Uh, where, so far this year, in the first you know five six games or so, what has he improved upon, or anything that he's improved upon so far this year, or do you think he's ascending, or something that other than maybe the run blocking stuff? Because to me, the run blocking stuff too is a lot of the finish. Like not, he's not like a lack of effort guy. It's just that once in a while he falls off. Like and, and do you think there's still is that a technique thing, a strength thing, or anything you see that maybe that he has to keep improving on there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is going to come probably with time, you know, and just seeing different looks and, uh, you know, different alignments and adapting to, to things changing post-snap and, you know, just getting just kind of really, you know, ironing out, you know, footwork. I think a lot of it is technique-based and, yeah. um, you know, it should just gradually improve with time, I think, um, as he sees more, you know, things and, and you know, kind of processes that. Um, that's really what it comes down to to me is it's more technique based certainly no question in his you know competitive toughness or finish or like effort to finish and stuff like that it's it's more so just kind of getting out of alignment on on different fits and overextended and uh you know maybe just not adapting quick enough you know to things so you know i I think uh that's where you do see his inexperience show up is in the run game um, but I do think there are some improvements this year. Last year was a little bit more of that. So he's, I think there is some improvement there. Pass protection looks pretty, pretty much the same as last year, which is really, really good. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know how much stood out right away. It was a perfect yeah, balance. Yeah. Every single bar snap. was already high. Yeah, yeah. It was very, yeah, very high. Very high. Very <laughs> high. So he probably would have been my top tackle last year, you yeah. know, cause yeah. I, I was scouting him last year. I had the report, you know, the the bones of it outlined and all that. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. You know, he's going to be my top tackle. And then he came back. So uh, that probably says a lot right there because, you know, there were some pretty good tackles last year as well. I remember texting you because I, I got tipped off about 24 hours before he announced it. I remember texting you that he was going back. And your response, you, like, I could feel the sadness in your response. Like, you, you, you know, yeah, no, it was because you know he was yeah. uh, he was younger. I mean, in to your way. point, uh, he was he's still only twenty years old. He turns yeah. twenty one yeah. in December, so uh, young player. Uh, and you know, his numbers: he's six oh six one, so six foot and one eighth, three twenty one, thirty four and a half inch arms. Um, has all that. He was on the freaks list, so yeah, has the the movements. I mean, and everything that you mentioned. Uh, this is a guy that top five, top seven hard to see him getting out of that range so many teams need tackle help he fits in there another guy who might also be close to that discussion is another young player joe alt uh out of notre dame left tackle still he's only 20 he doesn't turn 21 until february um but i you know nate and i have talked about uh we talked about him in the summer and how we liked him but there were a few things that just gave us a little bit of pause this year i i've been blown away by some of the improvements that he's made in pass protection his ability to hold up uh and recover it just looks so easy and controlled for him uh what have your uh observations been with uh, joe alt and how i mean is is Olu on a tier by himself is alt 
close to that? Is he, is there a gap? How, how would you distinguish those two top two players? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're pretty close to, to me. Um, I, I mean, I, so, you know, based on our scale, I, I have for Sean, like top 10 and then all like more, you know, top 15, you know, top half of the first round. Um, I, Sean is still my, my top tackle by a little bit, but I mean, I'm, I'm blown away by Joe Alt this year, man. I mean, I, I didn't watch him a whole lot last year. You know, I just kind of knew what Nate thought about him. And, and I think we had maybe some discussions as well. And I was, you know, so much of it is kind of like what your baseline is going in on a guy. If you're totally blind, that's great. But usually you have some inkling of like what to expect. So I went in expecting, you know, good, you know, like this is a solid guy, does everything pretty well. And what I've seen this year is just exceeded my expectations yeah. in every way. Um, just how clean his film is this year. Even that Louisville rep where, you know, he got he gets run over. You know, you, you watch it on the end zone copy. Clearly, you know, his right leg gets caught on the left guard. He gets, he's, he's tripped. The TV copy, you can't really see it. But, like, even that rep, that's like the one rep that people were pointing to, you know, to me as like, oh, man, he, he lost finally. I'm like, no, I mean – not really, you know, that that was, you know, wasn't super clean. As someone um, who has to defend quarterbacks every single week, that, I totally get it. It's like, hey, sometimes it's not really their fault. I get it. I get that they didn't win this rep, but I t- you're trying to make you like, don't want to sound like you're making excuses, but it's like, no, there's an, there's an angle here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he had absolutely no ability to recover there or yeah. even anchor, you know, like he just, his foot was gone, you know, his yeah. leg was gone. So anyway, I mean, I just think when you first, the first thing that stands out when you watch him on tape is he's absolutely enormous. He's huge, yeah. you know, 6'8", 322. I mean, he just takes up a lot of space, um, you know, and that in of itself is an asset in pass protection. But then when you watch his, um, just how light he is on his feet, how light he is on his hands, um, I think is is really nice. He's able to recover very fluidly, um, redirects well. His ability to move and, and, and recover uh, is, I think it's, I mean, it's pretty special at his size. I mean, because he's like Nate Solder looking, yeah. you know, like with, with his body type, but he moves like he's Jake Matthews, okay. you know, that that's how he, how he kind of reminds me. Typewriter feet. With his play <laughs> style. So it's like a big, a much bigger Jake Matthews is kind okay. of like what I see, um, you know, and that's really good because Jake Matthews is certainly a top half of the league left yep. tackle and if he's a little bit better than that i mean hey you got a really good starter so that's kind of what i see he's a technician in the run game uh his pad level is really impressive he's great with his hands and he's a really good finisher he looks like a notre dame offensive lineman in a lot of ways too like the high end of it so yeah i mean i'm, I'm a i'm a big fan of joe walt it, it's interesting with his dad because his dad was longtime nfl player uh, offensive tackle and blocked for Joe Montana in Kansas City uh, back in the early 90s. Um, but his approach with Joe was to keep him at skill positions, the athlete. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't say skill positions because, uh, you know, it's offensive line is very much a skill position. Yes, it is. But keep him at receiver at tight end and quarterback keep him at those positions as long as possible he knew eventually that bot the way the body was growing and um the player he'd grow into he'd be an offensive lineman but to keep him at some of those more uh you know athletic and space positions as long as possible uh to develop that athleticism and so he was a quarterback in high school eventually moved to tight end they played him a little bit i mean he was a blocking tight end uh in in high school but they played him a little bit at left tackle but not much so to hear that a player who's just in his third year in college third year as a full-time offensive lineman is already a technician uh says quite a bit about the player and just the way that he was groomed for this that's that uh, Lane Johnson path, the quarterback, tight end, tackle. Uh, yeah. But it's yeah, with him it was. Uh, we talked about it. Yeah, you already referred to it, Dane. But it was like in the summer, I was like, oh, you know, I want him to throw his hands. Uh, I could see he's a good athlete, but sometimes he's not playing up to that athleticism. You could tell he's thinking almost. Mm. And it's like when you 
you realize how young he is, how the, the position changes. It's like, oh yeah, because he's thinking. He's like just going, okay, this is my feet, this is my footwork here. And you can think, you can see this at all positions. You see receivers counting steps sometimes on their routes. You see a corner going, okay, I have to have my inside hand up. And then they miss on the press. You can see a quarterback going like, okay, this is my perfect f- drop. Watch Justin Fields the last year and a half, him trying to do a perfect drop back. And they get, and then they play slower than their athleticism is. But this year has been so impressive. And we talked about this day and then, now I, I I bought into the hype a little bit, and I I went from like oh yeah I see him as a back half first rounder to like yeah he's a lottery pick to me like just locked yep. in that athleticism that frame is just so hard to teach and a mindset where he's just yeah like you said technician at this age is just yeah that's an ascending player that you want to bet on right and, and that's the coaching that he's getting um, yeah. the fact that he's the type of guy that he knows okay if I'm just in the my initial kick step, if my initial uh, movements, if I'm in the right position, I can. He knows he has the athleticism and body to recover. So as long as he's out there with with the right steps initially, he has the the body control, like you were saying, Brandon, that he can he can make up those steps. So um, that's interesting that you know he is close to Olu because I know how high you think of Olu, and uh, for Alt to be that close says a lot of things. And let's. You know, this tackle class as a whole is yeah. really impressive. In my going back to my top fifty in August, I had eight offensive tackles in there, uh, more than any other position. Based on what you've seen so far, is this class, you know, is it potentially a special group? Is it a group that maybe, uh, you know, you look at and say, okay, we have not only these two guys at the top with Olu and Alt. But then there's all these other guys that project as starters. And, you know, how does this tackle class stack up for you compared to maybe the past few years? I, I think it's as, at least as good as that first year when Panay was coming out and Rashawn Slater, Darisaw, you know, and there was a couple other guys as well. Where it was like four or five deep of, you know, quality guys. And then there were some other guys outside of that. You know, I remember like Brady Christensen and, you know, Leatherwood, even though that didn't work out. And, you know, some other guys like there was, you know, second and third round guys that you like. So I think this class is at least there and it has potential to go even higher, especially with how these young guys are playing. Um, right now I have seven tackles, you know, with like top of the top around three or better grades, um, you know. So, yeah. And, and there's even an eighth guy, you know, that I think could ascend into that. Um, you know, that's BYU left tackle uh, Kingsley mm-hmm. Suomatia, who. Hasn't really been challenged a whole lot this year, but man, he he looked really good in pass protection. Um, just kind of the, the the subtleties that he's using with his technique, like you know, Panay Sewell's cousin as well, transferred from Oregon, five star guy. You could see the talent. You know, he yeah, was right. a big guy on the freaks list as well. Um, but yeah, so like he's my eighth guy right now, and like there's a lot of talent there. And um, he's a redshirt sophomore, so he may not come out. But if that's like the the bottom of your like you know, grouping. Um, former five-star yeah. retro yeah, sophomore like, with freaky traits is your eighth guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This And there's guys below him that I like a little bit yeah. as well. So it's like, you know, yeah, this is a deep, deep tackle class, I think. Who Who is third for you right, right now? I, I already know the answer, but I, I was just for the listeners that do not, do not know the answer, but what would, I think it's the same as Dane right now as well, but who is your tackle three at this point in time? Yeah, firmly right now it's J.C. Latham, you know, from Alabama, right tackle. He uh, he's been you know borderline dominant this year. I think there's there's a handful of reps that you could point out. Um, the first game, you know, against uh, I was like was it Middle Tennessee or Tennessee Chattanooga? One of those. I think it was Middle Tennessee. Like he got beat really clean on a rep and pass protection, and I was like, okay, you know, because I know he gained like 20, 30 pounds in the off season, and uh, he was supposed to move to left, but he didn't, and it was just kind of a Kind of an odd game for him, but then, man, after that, it seemed like he just picked up kind of right where he left off last year. And, um, you know, there's still some things in the run game where he gets overextended, you know, just maybe a little bit too aggressive, you know, a.k.a. kind of like a Darnell Wright type stuff that he does in the run game. But, like, yeah. his power, man, his his tone setting, uh, demeanor, his size, uh, I think he definitely should stay at tackle as well. I've heard some people suggest guard. I, I don't see – I think he has the range to, to stick at tackle. Um, he, he's – the last three, four weeks, he's been he's been awesome, man. He, he's been really, really good. I'm excited to watch the Arkansas tape. I haven't watched that one yet, but I've seen all the others. And, yeah, man, I mean, he, he checks all the boxes. I think he's an immediate starter, you know, at, at right tackle. And, 
you know, he, he's ascending to me, I think. What do you feel about yeah. Latham Dane? Yeah, I figured. No, I, I match a lot of that. And, yeah. you know, I, I I was very high on Amarius Mims out of Georgia, too. Yeah. I mean, he he started the year in my top 10 um, and unfortunately had that ankle injury. Ankle so injury. we just haven't seen enough of him this year, which really kind of clouds things for him. Um, he only had, what, two starts coming into this season. But, yeah, Latham and Mims, both those guys have so much ability and talent that, um, you know, they're, they're to me, they're in that top 20 discussion. Um I like Latham yeah. a lot too. Yeah, I, I do. Think you? He yeah, absolutely okay. can stay at tackle. I thought he was. Yeah, I thought. He, he I think he's a good athlete. Um, I, I was hoping yeah, to see him on the left side this yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they kept him on the right ta- uh, right tackle. Um, you know, which just for selfish evaluation purposes, you want to see him do it on yeah. both sides. But um, yeah, no, I think he's he he continues to get better and better, and he has all that ability. He can, yeah. you know, he can answer power. He can answer quickness. Um, you know, they're just not a lot of true juniors at the college level that can actually say that, uh, but it, he can't. It's interesting. You said that he probably put on weight too, because I, I thought he actually had a good build um, like even last yeah. year. So I, like, I thought he was like in that three fifteen range. I, I thought he looked good. <laughs> so I was, yeah, when you I said he put on even more weight, I was like, what? That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And he, yeah. the, the kill shot thing is so true though. When in the run game, he, he, he goes, that's a classic thing though. This guy's been one yeah. of the yeah. most dominant players on the field his entire life. Yeah. He's used to just throwing guys everywhere. I thought last year he had some, uh, on some pass protection, he had some maybe depth things where he wouldn't get get depth on his, when he, uh, off his you know first step. But I, I think it's already been cleaned up, so it's like all right, already wavered away. Like uh, as far as it wasn't even a concern because I thought he was plenty athletic. But um, I, I, I think he's probably the strongest tackle in the country, you know, yeah. that I've seen. You know, mm-hmm. he, and that's that's a nice feather in his cap. He has commanding grip strength. Like, yeah, when he gets when he gets lashed on to guys, it's it's over. Do you have any? Do you have any other uh, tackles with first round, true first round grades, or or at least that you think you might get there at this point in time? Um, prob- probably not. Um, it's yeah. Right now, I don't. Um, I, I won't say that it's you know not not going to happen for sure. But like my next guy is Jordan Morgan from Arizona, Patrick Paul from Houston, Troy Fontenot from Washington, and Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I have all like second you know, range grades from there, you know, second, you know, top of the second to yeah. like top of the third, you know, round grade uh, type things for them. So that's, that would be my order though. Right now, I will, I will say the next guy, Jordan Morgan, I think the last two weeks, I didn't watch Washington state, but uh, USC and Washington, I thought were very up and down games, um, you know, for him saw some things where I think, Maybe a move to guard might be best for him. I certainly think he has the build for it, the strength, uh, the hands, and, and and everything, the demeanor. So that he's kind of trending down a little bit for me after I thought he opened the year outstanding the first few games. Uh, Braylon Trice gave him you know a good amount of trouble, and then even USC reoccurring issues where I have questions about his range in pass protection, his ability okay. to protect the edge. Uh, he drops that outside foot, and then he's susceptible to inside counters. Yep. Um, you know, and it's just kind of a reoccurring thing. Uh, at least it was the you know the USC Washington tape. So I think the tape. Uh, what is it? Two weeks now when he's playing UCLA against their really good mm-hmm. edge rusher. That's going to say a lot uh, yep. about his evaluation. So I'm I'm very eager to see that one for him. But um, Patrick Paul is really interesting. Uh, Fontenot played outstanding against Oregon. Um, and then Tyler Guyton had his best game of the year against Texas. So yep. there, there's a lot of talent here with these uh, guys. It's, I think. it's crazy. Yeah. Guyton, <laughs> he's so physically good. I mean, just th- when he was at TCU, watch him catching touchdown passes. I mean, this guy is, he's so gifted. Um, I, and, you know, going back to this, the, the game this past Saturday, um, Washington, the, you know, in order to beat Washington, you have to be able to, create pressure on the quarterback. You can't just let Penix sit back there and, I mean, he'll just tear you apart. So you have to put pressure on him. And I thought that the you know right tackle was up and down, but like you mentioned, Fontenot at left tackle was tremendous. I mean, do you think he can stay at left tackle? It, to me, he just looks like a guard, but he's operating really well at left tackle. So do you think he could stay at left tackle uh, in the NFL, or do you think he's maybe best suited inside a guard? Um, I mean, I would lean guard. You know, but he's one of those where, you know, you maybe you, you let him fail at tackle. You mm-hmm. know, that approach yeah. might work as well. Maybe he could fit into that 
you know, he's six four, you know, right? So it's like yeah. he, he doesn't maybe look like it. I agree. He looks like a guard. He plays like a guard. He's super aggressive. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, he strikes that balance well, like we were, we were talking about in the pre-show, I think. And um, he, he could probably do it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's impossible. I think, you know, if you had to pick, you say guard just because I think everything translates well there. But I wouldn't put a pass him to play tackle. He's doing it at a high level right now. I love watching yeah. their offense as well. There's a lot of, you know, they're in the gun, five awesome. wide, four wide. I mean, and, and Penix, you know, is he has a really quick trigger as well. So, I mean, he's not holding the ball back there. Like, they, they balance each other really well. You know, he gets good protection, but then when he doesn't, the ball's out and vice versa. And it's like – and then the right tackle even, Roger Rosengarten, um, he's fun, man. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he still has some stuff to clean up, redshirt sophomore. But I see some, like, high-level stuff that he's mixing in with his technique. There's something called a three-step short where it's like – you set vertical, then you go jump a guy. Yeah, he's like mixing in all this stuff, and it's like they're fun to watch, man. So they are. Yeah, he needs to get stronger, but yeah, I think he's he does need like, to get strong. He, he's a guy that if he, okay, if he comes out this year, um, which he's an underclassman, so no guarantee that he will. But if he does come out this year, I think he's your immediate swing tackle and long term. You're looking at him as a guy that can, uh, you know, be your starter. And yeah, to your point, Fontenu, um, I've got him at 6034, so 6'3 and a half, 319 pounds. So, you know, that that's more guard right there. But his length, he's 34 and three quarters uh, inch crazy arms. Length. Yeah, it for, really for is. No nice. doubt. So, yeah, he's, he's an interesting one. And, you know, for all the attention that Washington get, I mean, Penix deserves to be the front runner for the Heisman. Uh, no, no doubt about that. At the receivers, in my opinion, the best receiving core in the nation. Yeah, um, yeah, we're, we're big fans of their number Dunze. four guy was stepping up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's loaded uh, with those receivers, but yeah, we can't overlook these two tackles no. because it's Rosengarten, Fontenot, and they have to be in the conversation for the best uh, tackle duo in college football, and that's as much a part of their success as anything. That they, they attacked so down the field, and I, I think all of us, uh, we, we talked about the skill guys last week, but then just even the line play, so much of this translates to the NFL, like Brandon was saying, like that yeah. they're doing these real protections as opposed to sliding everything, RPO, naked. So some of these guys, you watch them, you get like nine translatable reps, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, okay, that that that's my NFL rep right there. When you watch Washington, <laughs> the routes are real, the throws are real, the protections are real, the runs are real. So it's it's, it's nice. It's really nice. It's refreshing sometimes to, to see that. Hey, um, yeah, the, there's some somewhat similar measurements to Isaiah Wynn. Isaiah Wynn didn't have mm-hmm. a, you know, he was six three, six two and three quarters. He was three thirteen, but he had almost he had thirty three and a half inch arms. So mm-hmm. you know, kind of that funky build at tackle. So just saying that that might be a path there. Any of the that group right there that you listed off, Dane uh, or or Brandon, I'm sorry, uh, they're kind of like your guy. Do you like if that little group right there? Is there one that you is your kind of like special little guy, or <laughs> or is one that you're kind of like you're more of a fan of than you think maybe the consensus, or you think it, you might be rising throughout this process over the next like six six months or so? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard not to say probably Tyler Guyton, you know, okay. from, from Oklahoma, um, yeah. because right away when I watched his tape, I I texted if somebody on their staff, and I was like, man, like this this guy, you know, like I could just see it, you know, just. Just, you know, he's, what, 6'7", 325, 330 is what he's listed as. And the way he's moving, you know, whenever you see a guy that big and he carries it so well and he's moving so fluidly and then he's, like, real nasty and, you know, Mm -hmm. know, has the right demeanor, I'm like, okay, the bones, the foundation are there for a starter, you know. And then to see him ascend as he is this season and then put together that Texas game where he's – you know, taking away his outside hand against, you know, guys trying to chop it and, and trap it. And he's, you know, like baiting guys and he's doing all this, like, you know, cool, refined stuff and pass protection. Uh, you know, it, yeah, I think he's just going to keep going up. He he checks all the boxes physically, like somebody like JC Latham, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of size, he's comparable, you know, physically, I think to him. So, um, yeah, I think he's ascending and, I do like Fontenot a lot too, but yeah, I think Guyton would probably be the guy I'd pick, at least at tackle. 
Yeah, that makes sense. That the traits are there, the demeanor is there. Um, I mean, he, in the preseason, he was number what was he thirty one for me uh, overall. So you know, it's betting on those traits and betting on what he could be. And we've seen flashes, but the second half of this season will certainly be a a, a big step for him. And whether or not he stays, leaves for the NFL, ultimately where he's drafted. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Is there an offensive line prospect in this class that maybe you like more than you expected coming in? We kind of referenced it earlier how, you know, we wish we could live in a vacuum and as we go into tape study with clean slates. Right. But, you know, it's tough. You hear things about players, um, you know, before you have a chance to form your own opinion. Who in this class has been different, good or bad? You know, maybe someone hasn't lived up to it or maybe someone surpassed expectations um, based on what you had going into watching their film. Yeah, I mean, I could go one of one on each side for the interior. Um, so a guy who has impressed me more than I thought was is Zach Frazier from West Virginia, their mm-hmm. center. Okay, yeah, um, he's the best center yeah. in the country, in my opinion. He's great. I agree. I agree. Oh, okay. Yeah, he uh, he just looks like a, an immediate starter. You know, maybe not going to get you know to a Pro Bowl necessarily or anything like that, but he's a classic kind of you know high level wrestler, four time state champ, heavyweight yep. wrestler who looks the part on the field. He's a grappler. He commanding grip strength. He has, I mean, when he gets locked into guys, he's really good about uh, sustaining that leverage through the rep. Uh, I I counted 13 knockdowns against Pittsburgh, which was incredible. Um, That tape, everybody should watch that one. Um, But he was good against Penn State. Uh, and then I just watched him against Houston. I saw Texas Tech. I mean, I just can't stop watching him because he's pretty consistent. Um, he just does everything pretty well. Uh, you know, he just looks like a starting center. So he, he's somebody who I didn't really have any expectations going in. Um, but that Penn state and Pittsburgh kind of back-to-back game, uh, sequence there for him really put him on my radar. So I have him as like a second round, you know, guy right now. And I think this, you know, day two probably is where he's going to go, I would guess, Mm -hmm. but um, a guy who's been a little disappointing. I haven't checked in on him in a couple of weeks, but the first few games is uh, Donovan Jackson at Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, you know, f- former top guard in the country, I believe, five-star guy, um, who last year, his flashes, man, were really impressive. Yeah. Um, this year, uh, I just think his technique has fallen apart a lot, especially in pass protection. He's, he's trying to jump set guys a lot. He's missing with his hands, getting beat clean. Um, you know, just, just the losing clean – uh, thing you know is is tough. I mean, if you if you die slowly, you know, and you you're able to kind of stay attached, you know, that's fine. If you're out of position initially, but if you're lose out of with position, di- lose with dignity. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if you're losing clean, I mean, and it's consistent, that's such a red flag. And it, you know, he still has the physical traits, and you know, it's yeah. all there. It's just uh, he just hasn't been able to put the technique. You know, he hasn't married those things together this year so far, from what I've seen. So. That's been a little bit of, you know, a little disappointing for me because um, I really liked him, you know, going back Same. to last year. So. But the, the talent's there, right? I mean, yeah. it's 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 not a talent issue. It's just um, – and, and Ohio State's run game has really struggled this year, and he's mm-hmm. he's been a part of that. Um, back to Frazier, yeah, I agree with everything you said. He is – he's so much fun to watch. Um, he uh, – his – his dad's side, that's where he gets the football from. His dad uh, was an offensive lineman in college. His mom's side – 
her dad was a wrestler, uh, heavyweight champion wrestler. Her like three brothers were all state champion wrestlers. Like it, he got all the right genes uh, to, to for the formula, right? And so he is he is a lot of fun. He his record, uh, wrestling record in high school was crazy. He was undefeated the last three years. He he had two losses his entire high school career. Both came pretty early in his freshman year. So this guy, he had a four, five, uh, four, five GPA. He's already married. Like a oh, lot of things. A lot a of things. Center. There's them, never yeah. been more of a center that's ever graced this earth <laughs> than, than Zach Frazier. Check those apparently. boxes. Exactly. So no, I agree. He was he was my top center coming in, and okay. he has absolutely lived up to it. Um, I was but, curious yeah. what you guys would say. I was going to ask you guys who your top center was so far because I hadn't I haven't watched Frazier, so I was just waiting. Yeah. I've been waiting to kind of hear someone stand out. So that's really cool to hear. Yeah, I did my uh, in my summer preview. I uh, didn't the only center I I, I talked about was him. Uh, mm-hmm. He got the edge over Van Pran for me. But I mean, I Brandon, I, you you like uh, Cedric Van Pran quite a bit too, the Georgia center. Yeah, I did. You know, last year I, I thought he would probably be in the running for for the top center, you know, I thought mm-hmm. he was in that league conversation, you know, as a day two guy uh, this year, it's, it's been a little disappointing to me. I think some of the concerns that you did have last year uh, with his body control, especially, you know, climbing up to the second level. Um, he, he looks like a, you know, average at best athlete, you know, if not below average, he's just on the first level, you know, he's really good about digging guys out. He can really, you know, create movement and uproot guys, you know, on double teams and combos, which most Georgia centers do, you know, it seems like every year they have that guy who can, you know, clear out the first level, but it's a matter of, you know, you know, keeping your feet, keeping your balance through contact consistently, and then pass protection being isolated, losing quickly as well. Um, Yeah. So like to me, you know, he, he hasn't really helped himself a whole lot this year, although I didn't watch the Kentucky tape, which I, you know, I think that was a really good tape for him based on, I, I think we talked about that day. And so I do need to watch the Kentucky tape. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so far, just, just been a little disappointed with him. I haven't seen the consistency there. So there's, there's a pretty wide gap, I think, uh, right now between him and Frazier to me. It's good to know. Are there any, uh, just before we kind of wrap this up, the last position, uh, your top guard so far, or top guards, I should say, maybe so far. Uh, I know you mentioned that, you know, Ohio State, you know, he's, Jackson's been a little kind of disappointing. And I, I'm, I kind of agree with that. I've been disappointed by Ohio State in general, <laughs> just watching them overall outside of our guy, Marvin Harrison Jr., of course. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I'm just curious who maybe is the top of your board right now in October at the guard position, anyways. Well, I'm projecting him inside, and that's a uh, Duke left tackle, Graham Barton. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he's going to be my top guard, um, you know, in the class. And uh, you know, he looks like one of the classic, you know, move him inside, uh, you know, in in light, you know, what is it, Joe Bentonio, you know, you know the list, Joe, Joe Zach Tunney, Martin, right? Yeah, 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 Zach Martin, yeah, yeah, Skrowski. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, yep, just, yep. it's the he, same guy looks, every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he he's he's really he just doesn't have the physical you know yeah. build and measurements I think of a tackle, but he he's handling tackle well because his technique is so good. Yeah. Um, I think he's pretty strong. Uh, you know, he's definitely really athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, he just yeah, he looks like an easy you know guard projection. Um, yeah, so he's he's hands down right now my my top guard, and then after him, my next guy is is. Probably another kind of firm, you know, OG two right now is Kansas State left guard Cooper Beebe, mm-hmm. um, who I thought probably should have came out last year as well, but he returned and he looks really good. He's he's moved. He he fills a lot of holes on that offensive line. I think I've seen him at left tackle, right tackle, mm-hmm. um, you know, left guard this season is his primary home. He's definitely a guard at the next level, but massive build he's he's Um, wide he's very wide wide (laughs) uh you know powerful on contact creates a lot of jolt um and he's also really could tell he's played a lot of ball just in in terms of how he sorts things um you know he doesn't get fooled very often he's processing games and stunts and all that really well from inside and so, you know, he's not the most athletic or fleet of foot guy necessarily, but if you're really smart, huge and powerful, like, you know, I think a team will be able to 
find a home for you, and you, you could probably be a solid starter, you know. So that that's how I see him. He's, he's he'd be my OG two right now. Kansas State always has, you know, Cody yeah. Whitehair, Dalton Reisner. Yeah. Uh, you know, they always have one of these guys, and yeah, BB. He actually he went back. His uh, his brother was in the twenty twenty three recruiting class uh, yeah. at Kansas State, so I think that was a big reason why he decided to go back. But yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, I I know you you focus on offensive line, but has there been any defensive linemen that have kind of popped for you? I mean, inevitably you see a lot of these defensive linemen. Anyone that maybe kind of caught you off guard, like oh wow, this guy this guy's really good. Um, what well, mentioned him a little bit. Braylon Trice is is mm. really stood yeah. out to me. Just a lot of he's, power. He's, yeah, power. Um, he, he's just a chore to to keep blocked. Yes. He, he fights through contact really well. He has that inside stab counter move. You know, a la Khalil Mack. Although he's not Khalil Mack, but he has that where he can work across a guy's face and just you know pry him open. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, he, he gives everybody trouble that I've watched, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it's pretty consistent there. Uh, so he, he would be one guy on the edge that st- stood out to me inside. Um, let me see. That that Texas defensive tackle is flash for me. The guy is like 360. Sweat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like some <laughs> of his <laughs> – Some of his uh, – he had a play where he tracked down the ball on the opposite numbers where like he's moving – yeah. Granted, the second half, he, you know, I thought he kind of maybe, you know, tapered wore out a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. like when his motor, if you can keep him on a pitch count and like mm-hmm. let him go, you know, uh, you know, and keep his snap count low, like I think he'd probably be a really, really nice, you know, rotational guy or nose tackle kind of guy. So like he's he's certainly flashed for me this year, and I'm, I'm a big uh, Newton fan from Illinois as well, yeah. which I think yeah. everybody knows he's good. But yeah, last year he's. His his ability to deconstruct blocks is is really yep. good. He, he's, it's impressive. He's clearly very good with his hands and can stack shed really well. And yeah, he's he's a really good player. Yeah, glad Trice got the shout out. Everyone's Trice mm-hmm. is just a nice. Everyone, I think everyone knows what he is. Like, but he's just like a nice, useful player. Like, I could just picture him in the league. I don't think he's going to be a star, but I just think he's just going to be a nice, yep. good player, solid player. But it's fun, fun to hear Trice get another shout out. Not, and, not even like a lock first round pick. I mean, no. he, he, he's he's probably a better chance to be a day two pick than a first yeah. round pick. But yeah, he's just going to be a solid player for a long you time. You said you had him like 40 something, I think, on your. Yeah, he's like 48, 49. And that's in exactly my preseason where I feel. top 50. Like, yeah. I feel like if I, once I stack these guys all up, he'll be at like 42 for me. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, but that's exactly where I picture him but I, I yeah so it's good to hear you got a shout out for for you brandon because i know it's not just college that you watch you are watching the nfl every single week you make everyone make sure to check out his uh his twitter account you'll see some great stuff on there but so far for the rookies in the nfl who has stood out for you through six weeks at, at the in the trenches at the offensive line spot yeah and, you know i i think i don't want i'm not trying to do this but my top tackle in the, in the draft last year was paris johnson and he looks really good this year yes man. he I does mean, <laughs> at a new position better maybe a little bit better than i was expecting as well, i and would I, agree I like with that him. um yeah so he's just he's he's looked really good this year i mean he looks just highly competent you know mm-hmm. like he's out there executing his blocks um, he's recovering well, you know, the athletic abilities there, his length is a huge asset for him in terms of establishing first meaningful contact on rushers and then getting into his anchor quickly. And, um, yeah, just like he's, he's really good in the run game as well. I think that was one of the things I like so much about him, his ability to be sticky, you know, once he, once he, uh, gets attached to blocks and, uh, sustains finishes well. So like, yeah, just the Cardinals in general in a lot of ways and, you know, everything has been surprising. But, like, Paris Johnson to me has been really impressive. And then Steve Avila was, you know, the guard that I liked the most. And I think he's been the best rookie offensive lineman that I've seen so far in terms of consistency. Yeah. Um, his his ability to anchor, man, has, has really been an asset for the Rams this year. Um, I think it's allowed uh, Stafford to have a lot of clean pockets. Yep. Um, and then in the run game, he creates a lot of movement and he's a physical presence and he's been very consistent. So, um, those two guys have been, uh, a lot of fun to watch. Dewan Jones has looked really good in Cleveland. Yeah. I was just texting somebody. I think that is right now is like a masterclass in, um, in terms of aligning what you're asking the guy to do with his strengths. Cause mm. 
He's setting vertical almost every time, and he's letting guys come to him. The ball's typically gone before rushers even get to him, yep. and then they can't really get to he the just, ball because he's he just washes them away. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then he'll so mix bad. in the jump yeah. set, and he'll you know hit a guy yeah. right in the face or in the neck. Yeah, you know he he'll like mix it up. The, the game against Nick Bosa, I just watched that game. I mean, mm. you know he's getting help, you know when he needs it, and then when he doesn't, he's mixing it up, and he's he's just being asked to do like it's perfect how they're yep. handling him, and he's executing at a high level. So. Those three guys have stood out to that, me. Uh, that Bill Callahan guy is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you still see some of the communication issues, um, but uh, he's such a young player yeah. that it's he's going to get better and better. And with, when Jack Conklin went down, that's exactly what Cleveland needed. So, no, that that's a great shout-out. He has been for a fourth-round rookie. I mean, exceeded yeah. what uh, what I think anybody would expect from that. Um, you know, Brandon, this was awesome. This was uh, yeah. so much information. Uh, I think the the listeners really enjoy it. Uh, what uh, you know, Bleacher Report, Trench Warfare. Uh, how can people get a hold of your content? Yeah, yeah, TrenchWarfare.substack.com. Um, I'm going to be doing a, a deep dive rookie film room this week, Sweet. so I got a lot of film cut up on all these guys and more. So people can check that out. And then, yeah, Bleacher Report, we're going to have scouting reports start coming out here in the next month or so. So, yeah, those are the main two spots. Um, and then Twitter, you know, Brandon Thorne NFL, you know, posting a lot of stuff there. Trying to keep up with Nate on, on the videos. <laughs> He's part, part of the late night film crew. <laughs> no, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. This was, this was freaking awesome. So I can't wait to get you back on here. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Thanks again to Brandon for joining us. That was just awesome. I can't wait to do that again in a couple months and uh, hear who's ascended, descended, and steal any other information I can from Brandon. So it's great. (laughs) Uh, But let's talk about what's kind of further along, get further along our discussion last week, a big matchup that happened in the Pac-12. I I think I thought it was just such a fun game to watch and so many big moments, a lot of big players stepping up. But yeah, Washington, Oregon, we dove into it last week. What are some of your thoughts after watching that game? Uh, I don't know if you watched all 22 yet or just reviewed TV copy, but what are your thoughts so far on that game, Dane? Or what were they upon review, I should say? Yeah, no, actually, I watched the tape Saturday night because I was still on the high of uh, how much fun that game was. I mean, was just awesome. back and forth and two really good college quarterbacks, plenty yep. of speed on the field, some questionable coaching calls, but, you know, it's uh, be aggressive and go get it. Uh, and, you know, we said uh, on the pod last week that Washington receiver Roma Dunzier was the best prospect on the field, and I think that absolutely held up. I mean, yeah. th- he was... He was a guy that even when he's covered, he's open because of his ability to go win at the catch point. But he's also a really good athlete. He's got a little bit of juice after the catch. Um, I mean, the Huskies, they're going to be so tough to beat because of those weapons. Um, yeah. Part of the part of its scheme, you know, like the way they align their splits, um, the stacks, the motions. Yeah. But also, these receivers are just really, really good. <laughs> Polk was awesome. Um, uh, you know, with McMillan out uh, mm-hmm. for most of the game, Polk was Polk might be their second best receiver, anyways. I know. Um, he he wins with speed. He's yeah. another guy that can extend that catch radius full. Uh, he can he, work inside and out. Yes. Like he, yeah, oh yeah, he's a good player, man. Yeah, he's he's really good. Sorry to cut you uh, off, but yeah, no, he, fi- uh, he fired me up on on Saturday. I was like, ooh, he okay, was, Polk. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then even on the other side with Oregon, Troy Franklin, yes. uh, with the way he p- played. So the receiving talent in this game to me was the main takeaway um i thought michael Penix played uh, really well for the most yep. part I, I think the best way to sum up his performance was it was good i don't think it's necessarily gonna move the needle yep. based off of like what you thought going in um like the poise that you showed late in the game um you know that i thought he got away with some throws that as you know he made some big time throws also got away with mm-hmm. some uh especially that last drive the one that set up the touchdown pass 
the, the Oregon safety, if he just turns his head and looks, the ball's right there for him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Washington was able to, I mean, but credit to Washington. I uh, give Penix a lot of credit. I think he no. he deserves to be the favorite for the Heisman at this point. Yes, yes. He did nothing to dissuade that, and it's a big performance no. for him. And and even our discussion with Brandon earlier where he was talking about, oh, yeah, he gets the ball out. It's like we, in an NFL prospect sense, there are some things that we talk about with his timing and everything, but he does. Right. He makes that offense go, and they ask him to be aggressive, and he's like, okay. like <laughs> It's not like he's checking it down all the time. Um, I was curious, actually, what – also, like, Dunzier is like – what. Is it Dunze or Dunzier? A Dunzier. I, I, Dunzier. Oh, my God. So yeah. it's, all, it's the third one but behind door number three. Uh, <laughs> right. Is that you mentioned that, you know, and I saw it as well looking at his profile, was that, you know, he has some track background. That's not how he wins. And I mean that right. as a positive that because he's big and physical and can catch and he's a good route runner. So the fact that just the cap or two is like, oh, yeah, he's got real legit track speed. It's like, oh, man, this guy, like that, that's a, there's a really good package uh, working for somebody there. Right. 10, 6, 7 and 100 meters. He won the state title in the 200 meters. Um, I mean, the, yeah, the track background's awesome. But yeah, he is heavier than he was in, in high school, yeah. uh, obviously, but even more so because he's up to almost 220. So that's he is a like, yeah. well put together receiver. Yeah. And, you know, I can't help but get some Keenan Allen vibes just with like the way that. he plays. Um, you know, he can work inside, outside. Um, you know, it's Keenan Allen. Yeah, it really is. It, yeah. It's just, it's understand. It's like a, a pitcher that knows how to pitch. And I'm watching yeah. the baseball playoffs right now. And it's like some of these guys just know what they're doing. They know how to set up receivers or set up batters. Same thing with uh, these receivers. They know how to set up corners. Uh, some the, Every step has a purpose, uh, yeah. those types of things. So, and Odunzier, right there in that mix, not only is he detailed with how he attacks uh, his routes and uh, you know how he attacks the catch point but he's also just a really good athlete especially for that size so it, it, man this wide receiver two conversation man uh, the, the Keon Coleman one-handed grab yeah uh, he had that punt return against Syracuse just ridiculous Saturday for uh, Keon Coleman but you know Malik Neighbors he leads the nation in uh, receptions of 20 plus yards um, Ibuka from Ohio State is still yep. in the mix, even though he's been hurt. Uh, still, which is hopefully we see him uh, this weekend against Penn State. But yeah. again, just he belongs in that wide receiver two conversation. It's it's a lot of fun to talk about uh, as the backup play. And this it's fast. This is fascinating to me. Uh, we, we won't get into this, but the fact that this is a draft that's looked at as okay, we've got this elite quarterback okay and we've got this big time offensive tackle and this one one once in a generation receiver um but you know what at quarterback if you don't get caleb williams you feel really good about drake may right uh, it, it's it's there's not a huge gap there uh we talked about it with brandon but if you don't get olu Fashinu, you feel pretty good about joe alt uh as yeah. your as your plan b and then if you don't get marvin harrison yeah i mean that that's that you're gonna miss out on a really good player but you feel pretty good about the receiver two options that are available for you so even though we have these high level top shelf players at each one of those premium positions the backup plan right. behind those guys not bad at all right and that the fact that this receiver too is like, it's not just like we're like, oh, it's a big drop off. Maybe these guys sneak in the first mm -hmm. round. It's like now we're getting to three, four names that are going to be easily in there. It's which I think is awesome. And like we talked about last week, was that these guys have size. These guys are legit outside guys, but can bump in inside now, which is kind of needed. But in what you mm -hmm. want to see from receiver position. Also, I have two things here. One, make sure to check out. Greg Maddox on he did an interview with Pitching Pitching Ninja and it's mm. on YouTube and it's about an hour long give or take it's like Greg Maddox is just insane anyways like like in a, a great way and also just like a real life way like he thinks about baseball on a on a different scale than we can even fathom and him trying to like articulate that is really interesting and just him talking about his memories and how he goes about things so make sure to check that out but also not just talk about receivers what about any thoughts on Bucky Irving for for Oregon, uh, the running back. Uh, so fun. It, I know. So I because I don't think we've had a discussion about him, and I, you mm -hmm. know, I have feelings. But uh, uh, any any thoughts on Irving right now? Where where do you stand with him right now? Well, you know, he's tough because he's he's obviously small. I mean, yes. he is five ten, probably going to be right in the mid one nineties, if not low one nineties. Um, so you know, you do worry about him as an inside runner, and yeah. you know, being able to break tackles at the next level. But you get him out in space, and man, he is a 
tough guy to yeah. could just corral. He, he his balance is uh, fantastic. I don't know, you know, can he be a a Kyron Williams in the NFL? You know, mm-hmm. like a, mm-hmm. a a guy that is has got a lot of things going for him with the way he runs the football, the way he can stay on his feet, the way that he can set up his moves. Um, also, be really reliable as a pass catcher. Um, I don't. What do you think of Bucky? No, that's I have kind of you know kind of like Spears a little bit last year, Tajay Spears, where it's mm. kind of like I appreciate the game. They're not. I'm not saying they're one to one, but that right. size, that run style, it's like okay, I, the combination. I like the player, but I just want to be realistic about what to expect out of him. I think he has to be part of a rotation. I have like a fourth round grade on him, but I yep. I like him. Like I think that's what this running back class is. It's a lot yep. of kind of like. Nice players, you know, fine players, but they all have blemishes like that. But size is the big thing for him. I like his well-roundedness. I like that he can catch the ball a little bit. Um, but I think he's more of a useful player than a, you know, true, 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 huge needle mover type. But a, a guy yeah. I would like on my team. Right. Yeah. I think he uh, uh, he's not a guy that's a, a locked top 100 pick by any no. means. I think, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense where, where you're talking about him. And yeah, to your point. That's how this running back class is. I, yeah. I I'm going to be doing an updated top fifty here in a few weeks, and it's hard to make a case for any of these running backs really being in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like some of these guys, but to be a top fifty guy, you gotta you gotta be more of a difference maker. And I don't know that any of these guys really qualify as that. So, um, you know, I the, the Michigan guys have been good, not great. Um, I mean, still really like them, but again, yeah. to make a case to be in the top fifty. I don't know that any of these running backs have I've truly done this. To, I mean, I have been really impressed with Jonathan Brooks mm-hmm. out of Texas. I think he's a guy that has put himself into that discussion as, okay, you know, you're a, a day two player now. Um, you know, Audric Estime, we talked about him a little last mm-hmm. week for Notre Dame. Um, you know, I, I don't see him as a top 50 guy, but he's at yeah. least put himself up there as um, an NFL guy. But yeah, there's a lot of fun running backs in this group, but it's going to take the rest of the way to really stack them. And yep. even when we, even when we do, my list could look completely different than your list, which will look completely different than, uh, you know, what the Dallas Cowboys have as their you know running back stack. Yep. So it, it all depends on maybe, you know, the type of running back you're looking for and just, you know, what you value. So the running back this year, uh, the, the order, the rankings are going to be all over the place, yes. no matter where you look. It's going to be a big eye of the beholder class, which is yeah, definitely it, it's, but yeah, I, like right now I just, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's a lot of guys that I have graded. Yeah. In that third, fourth round range. So yeah, that's 60 mm-hmm. to 120 player range. And it's going to be like seven, eight guys in the same tier. And I, right. you know, so it's good when I get asked in the spring at, well, at this point, we're in October, I'm going to be like, which guys do you like? Well, I like these three. You know, like, I mean, you know, it's not going to be a guy right. like, yeah, you got to get this guy on your team. I think that's how it's going to go, but we'll see. Um, yeah. So looking at that was last week, but upcoming week, we got another juicy. Well, this is good. That was a future Big Ten matchup, but an actual Big Ten matchup between Ohio State and Penn State. I was referring to in Washington, Oregon. Uh, we were going to, uh, I kind of skipped over USC and Notre Dame because we already talked Joe Alt and we'll talk quarterbacks in the, fu- in, in the future. Don't, don't you guys worry. There'll be plenty of Caleb Williams discussion in the future, but upcoming this weekend, Ohio State, Penn State, what are you looking for when you watch that game, Dane? Uh, there's going to be a lot of NFL talent on the field. That's for sure. Um, I mean, I, I'm working on my NFL draft watch article for this week and there's over 20 players that I've written down that have at least a chance to be a top 100 pick in April uh, from this game. I mean, it is kind of crazy. Um, I mean, you just look at the tight ends alone. Um, Cade Stover with what he's doing. And then Penn State has two guys with Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren who have a chance to be day two prospects. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting that both both sides in this one have an elite prospect with Marvin Harrison uh, Jr. and then Olu Fashanu. Um And then after that, there's a lot of question marks about okay like i don't i don't know that there's another player outside of those two i don't know there's another one of these players that's a lock top 25 pick okay. um i think there's guys that flash that ability like a chop robinson the penn state edge rusher uh kalen king the the corner yep. who uh, it's been quiet this year he's got like one pass breakup no interceptions uh, but he doesn't get tested a lot he's averaging yep. like three targets per game um, Mecca Buka, we don't know if he's even going to play. He's missed, uh, missed most of the Maryland game. Didn't play last week against Purdue. Will he be healthy enough to go in this game? And if, even if he does play, 
you know, what is he 80%? What, where is he with his right. return from injury? So um, these are guys that could be there. And, then, and both of the Ohio state edge rushers too, um, with Tuya Malahu, uh, Jack Sawyer. I like both these guys, but it's just a matter of, okay, are they true top 25 type right. of prospects? And I'm just, I'm not there with them. Um, so I, I, it's a really interesting group of players because talent flashes, Everyone can see that, but are they consistent enough with who they are as football players and are they on the right trajectory to be top 25 picks? And that's kind of what we have. To, I think this game, this game will be weighted more than others, uh, right. especially for, um, you know, Ohio State and P- Penn State hasn't really played anyone up to this point. Um, I mean, their best opponent was probably what West Virginia. Yeah. Um, and so this will be a big game for them. You've got a true sophomore quarterback going into a tough place to play in Columbus. Um, yeah, he's an Ohio kid. Um, I, you know, that, that was the year that the Ohio state took Quinn Ewers. And so oh, Drew Aller goes to Penn state, kind of the, mm. the domino effect there of how everything played out with Ewers and how that's, you know, to the advantage of Penn state. Uh, Cause Aller, Aller looks really, really good. Uh, he's big. He's the makeup, the intangibles are off the charts. Um, still be still a young quarterback in his first year as a starter. So, Going into a tough place to play, uh, his home state. How's and, Ohio, and Penn State doesn't have necessarily the best weapons, uh, you know, receivers, um, and so that in Ohio State secondary has not been great up to this right. point. Um, so Denzel Burke and these Josh Proctor, the safety and Ransom, and I mean, how would these uh, the Ohio State defensive backs match up? So there, there's so many. It, it, it's hard to focus on certain players in this game because your eyes going to be all over the place looking at uh, all the different players. Um, I so I there, th- but like I said, this game will be weighted more than others. But uh, I think this will be. I think this game is going to be won based off Ohio State's front four. If Ohio State's front four can get pressure on and make the quarterback uncomfortable, I think Ohio State wins. If Ohio State can't get pressure with their front four, then I think Penn State will do enough to to win this game because they also have a really good defense and you know, Ohio State's going to have some troubles of their own moving the football. But plenty of prospects in this game. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's a moving day for the prospects. It's, we'll see if they go yeah. up and down on this game. Uh, the money money game. Chance money to game. really cash in. Because, again, it, it's it, this is a game that will be weighted more so than others Correct. Uh, for these two teams. And the, obviously the Michigan game for both Ohio State yes. and Penn State will be another one. So, uh, And for the Michigan players um, against – it's these three teams in the Big Ten. How they play how, how, against the other two opponents – that's the type of tape that will move the needle on how teams project these guys and ultimately where they're drafted. I I referred to this before, but a lot of evaluators and just my timeline, even the last couple of years, just how it worked out was they don't start watching some of these prospects till December, you know, until, you know, that'd be nice. Yeah. Right. Or maybe even November, December, January. And once these games are all wrapped up and then right. they, and then they look, oh, okay, they've played 12 games. Yeah. I'm going to watch Ohio state, Penn state. That's going to yep. be the one game that they watch of October. And yep. so again, yeah, like you're saying, it is weighted because even in the moment it is, but then afterwards it all, it, it is well, it is as well. Uh, yeah. The Kalen King, Marvin Harrison jr. Matchup will be interesting because Harrison jr. Yeah. Gave him the business last year. So I, yeah. uh, I'm curious if this could be a really big Ascension game for him, or it could be another frustrating one. One question actually I did, I know I glossed over it with the Notre Dame game. Uh, their tight end, Mitchell Evans, any thoughts on him? Number 88. Do do you have he's kind of he's really been shining this year so I'm kind of yeah. I'm coming around on him <laughs> so but I, I was wondering if you had any thoughts I know I hadn't prepped you on this but I was just curious no he he looked I mean he's an Ohio kid um, but he's he's another one of you know in, in, next in the pipeline Notre Dame tight ends right I mean they <laughs> they recruit the position well they develop the position well um, but yeah he is his his focus at the catch point is so impressive um, and then he's. He's not a slug. I mean, he can move no. a little bit too. So yeah, I, I I can't say I've done like a really deep dive into him, but he's at least someone that I've been impressed with. And Same. he, you know, is you know, you look at this tight end class, and it's okay. Brock Bowers, who we should mention, had ankle yeah, surgery uh, yeah. this week. Um, there's a chance we might not see him in a Georgia uniform ever again, uh, at least on the field. Um, you know, it's a 
he might have some tough decisions to make because yeah. Georgia probably going to be in the playoff picture. And, you know, uh, do you make the decision Come to push it or, you know, help your team go for a three-peat or, you know, start preparing for the draft? Um, so, TBD on, on on that. But after Brock Bowers, you know, we talked about Jatavion Sanders and Cade Stover. I mentioned these two Penn State tight ends are really good. But uh, the Notre Dame tight end might have decision to make after the year, no doubt. I know he, he's kind of, I was like, God, they, that guy's got, hopefully he's a sophomore. It's like, cause and then I looked, there's a junior. I was like, Oh, you're yeah. eligible. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. I got to watch you more. But every time I watch Notre Dame, he's just stepping up, making nice plays. I just, yeah. You could tell uh, Sam Hartman trusts him. I mean, yes, there's yep, a, yeah, he's Mr. Third a, down. A, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. It, it gets overused, you know, tight end safety valve so and all, but it's it, it, that that's the Notre Dame offense. It yes. really is a huge part of what they do. And especially on third downs yeah. when they need a, Okay, we need it play to move the sticks. Uh, yeah, they're looking for the tight end. Yeah, I was just curious what you thought. Any other games that you're checking out? Any other prospects or matchups that you have circled or highlighted that I'm going to get a text? I'm sorry about missing your Keon Coleman comparison, by the way. I, I feel bad about that one. <laughs> I was handle, I was playing bocce ball with my parents at the park. Uh, that was a there way to compromise our whole family and get <laughs> some competitive element uh, with my parents, but uh, any other games that are standing out for you this weekend? Well, I mean, Utah and USC is like, okay, oh, Caleb, yeah. I mean, he, he Caleb owned his mistakes. And again, we'll talk more about Caleb here uh, probably next week uh, after this game. Yep. But how does he rebound against, uh, you know, a really good Utes defense, a uh, defense that always gives USC trouble? I mean, last year played him twice and, yep. you know, we saw how that played out. Uh, so what can he do to, you know, what what is the mindset like after, um, you know, such a deflating loss. His worst performance at the college level. I mean, he before Saturday, Caleb Williams only had one multi-interception game, and that was his freshman year at Oklahoma. Which, yeah, so this was yeah. <laughs> un, yeah, uncharted territory for him. And for someone that just, throws so many trick shots, that's unbelievable that he that he's only had yeah. one. That's that's yeah. pretty remarkable. Yeah, right. Sorry. And so yeah, how does he rebound? Um, you know, in the SEC, Tennessee at Alabama, uh, plenty of good players in that game to watch. Um, but yeah, it all starts with at noon with uh, Penn State, Ohio State. Man, that, that's going to be a ton of fun. Nine a.m. for me. The, uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, that's kind, is that it's a good. Nice. That's a good thing, though, right? Like I'm you such wake a morning and, person now. I, I, yeah. It's great. I know. I, I'm out of bed by six thirty, so it's like it, it for me. It's great. I, I know. I definitely love it. I go get donuts for breakfast, and we're we're good to go. I, I will perfect. say, Caleb Williams has had some strong moments. I would say, as far as handling some some of the outside noise, as far mm-hmm. as what you're saying, he owned his mistakes. But even when you know, the Mahomes comparisons were getting thrown at him and how he handled that. And he kind of kind of was just like, hey, I'm my own person. Like, yeah, I love the comparisons, but come on. And I've really liked that. I just like that yes. demeanor he's had. It's been really cool for me to kind of see that kind of personality side. That's how you have to be as a quarterback, especially NFL quarterback. But just wanted to yeah. mention that, that that's been pretty cool with him. I think that's it for Prospects of Pros. This was a great one. Uh, love talking old line with Brandon. Thank you again for him coming on. Love talking about the prospects coming up this upcoming week, but Until next time, I'll see you guys next week. This was the Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros podcast.